0: everybody welcome to another episode of the nomad strength show i'm ross hillier your host today we've got a shorter solo episode today we do these every thursday they're usually tackling a singular idea or topic something sometimes it's something i get asked about uh, to dive into a little bit deeper or sometimes they're just random weird lists Uh, we've done those a handful of times as well uh, today, I wanted to talk about a, a topic that is brought up in a lot of different ways. It's a pretty trendy word right now, and uh, it, it's really taken on a lot of different meaning um, because there's so many different applications of it, and that word is flow, and and why it's kind of become this trendy word in the past handful of years, uh, and, and what it actually means, and I wanted to supplement this Episode on flow by kind of referencing you know continuously throughout this episode a snippet from a uh, from a piece that was written by Stephen Kotler and uh, it just because he outlines it so well I wanted to you know use this as a bit of a reference point because I think it's uh, pretty spot on with how flow should be should be utilized and and so you can actually become productive. And and really, that's what it comes down to is how do we take something and work at it and find that sweet spot of work where we're we're in flow, we're not burning ourselves out, but we're not doing so little that we're not being productive. That's kind of what the overarching concept is, is we need to be in this place where we're right in that sweet spot. And, uh, you know, flow has been described a lot of times as, uh, you know, this, mindless sort of state of being. And, and oftentimes you really kind of know what I mean when I say mindless, because we've all been doing something. Uh, we focused on a, a task or a project or something like that. And we just get so in the zone, you know, another way to look at it. So in the zone that uh, we lose track of time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're working on this, ta- this task or this project, or it's something that you're really in into, and all of a sudden, an hour's gone by, and you have no idea where that hour went. And you've just been so focused, and it's like you still have all this energy. That's that's generally what we what we're talking about when we say flow. But how do we get to that point? And that's really what I wanted to uh, reference back and forth with this with this piece that he wrote, uh, just because I think it's really well done, and I wanted to use this as sort of a baseline for a lot of this stuff. Um, but before we dive into the actual article or the the, the snippet from the article, I want to just remind you all, if you haven't uh, left a review or followed or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, go ahead and do that. Just takes a couple seconds. If you don't mind, uh, you'll get updates when new episodes drop. Uh, you'll usually get a notification. If you don't want notifications, you can turn them off, I guess, but it still does help the show get seen and, uh be put in front of more ears. Uh, there's a couple other updates. We're actually I'm in the process of putting all of the video versions of the podcast that I have recorded of interviews. I don't have all the podcasts in video format, but I have a good amount of them in video format. Uh, I'm editing those down and posting those up to YouTube periodically over the next handful of weeks. So you'll be able to walk, go in there and watch some of the ones. If you've enjoyed some of the ones, I'll probably have a couple of the... I have the more popular ones that have the most downloaded uh, in the last couple of months are going to be up there. I just uploaded the one with Mike Bledsoe. I uploaded the one with Jack Carr. Uh, I'm uploading the ones this week with Greg Walsh and Bert Soren. There's going to be a handful of other ones that are going to go up that you'll be able to get the video versions of as well. Um, and then finally, the last thing is the Nomad Tribe membership. We launched this last week. Uh, it's a essentially a Facebook group on steroids. And I wanted a place where we could build a community under the Nomad Strength banner and not have to worry about oversight by tech companies, not have to worry about being censored by anything we say, and uh, just share and grow together, talking about strength, talking about life. Uh, it's just a really great community that's already grown quite a bit. We had. A decent amount of people joined us last week, and it's just added to what was already there before, and and it's been really fun. So if you want to check that out, go to tribe.nomad-strength.com. It's a little bit of a URL there for you. So one more time, it's tribe.nomad-strength.com. So let's just dive in and uh, talk a little bit about this piece. from Again, this is a piece by Stephen Kotler. And uh, he's talking about flow specifically. So I'll just read chunks of it here and there, uh, just because I think he's got some really good points. So he starts out by saying, today we're going to talk about a lack of motivation as a blocker to flow. But we're going to start by talking about passion. Over the past few decades, passion has been declared everything from the secret to successful entrepreneurship to the foundation of a meaningful life. It's the magic pill, all right, which is exactly the problem. Now, sure, if you already know that you're passionate, what you're passionate about, well, this isn't much of a problem. But for anyone who wants to say build a passion driven business, not knowing what you're passionate about is quite a hurdle. And I'm going to stop right there because that's one of the most common things that I hear anybody talk about when we're talking about writing goals, which we do goal setting a ton uh, in in the nomad strength tribe and. And in the coaching programs and just in general, I'm a coach. So we're always talking about setting goals and how do we work towards achieving those goals. And the biggest struggle some people often have is finding out what you're passionate about. And that word passion kind of gets a little bit romanticized, in my opinion. And he, and uh, this article tends to float float a little bit towards that idea as well, because passion isn't the ultimate driver or or necessarily as important as we think it is if it's not rooted in a sense of work ethic also. Um, Because I can be super passionate about something and, you know, not necessarily work hard at it. I just really enjoy it. And I think passion and enjoyment uh, tend to get conflated with each other. So uh, to continue with this, he, he continues. So for starters, why is passion important? Simple. It's profound focusing mechanism. We pay more attention to those things we believe in. But focused attention is the ultimate gateway drug it drives performance it increases productivity and triggers flow which in turn further increases performance and productivity moreover since flow is among the most motivating states on earth any experience that consistently generates the state is an experience we will go extraordinarily far out of our way to get more of it's why surfers wake up at 4 a.m and drive three hours to go surfing or why video gamers will play games straight for 19 hours In other words, over time, flow produces extreme intrinsic motivation. Being in flow is the payoff. This flips the conventional way of thinking about motivation entirely on its head. It's no longer a matter of doing X to get Y, but rather doing X for X's sake. In summary, passion leads to focus, leads to flow, leads to intrinsic motivation. Around and around that feedback loop goes. So how do we discover a passion, amp up focus, get into flow, and see intrinsic motivation spike? And so I'll stop there again. Uh, he outlines why passion can be important here, uh, but it's not the thing. We use it as essentially a means to an end, uh, but it's actually a like he describes it. It's a feedback loop. Passion might be what gets us started with something, but it's never what keeps us going at anything. Uh, it's just like motivation, you know. I've, I've done, I've talked to several people on this podcast, and I've written a couple articles talking about, you know, how motivation is essentially garbage. It ebbs and flows. Uh, It's super inconsistent. Nobody is ever motivated all the time to do something. And uh, the reason that we, I, I, the reason that motivation can't be the driver of force is because if you waited until you were motivated to do something, you would maybe 10% of the time, do the thing that you say you're motivated to do, or that you want to do, because that's, uh, that's about as much time as you'd ever be motivated to do it. The rest of the time is building on habits, building discipline to just continue to do the thing even when you're not motivated to do it. So the next section of this article, he actually outlines uh, several steps on how to use passion uh, to drive into flow. And so I'm not going to go super in-depth with each of these steps. I'll do a little bit of a, a recap on them uh, e- individually. But um, I, would, I would encourage you to go read this entire snippet. And I will post the link to this in the show notes. Um, but step one... Is make a list so the easiest place to start is with let me literally just like piece of pen and paper make a list Uh, and he goes on to write for reasons that have to do with the relationship between writing and memory it's better if you do this with pen and paper instead of laptop and a keyboard the first thing you want to do is make a list of 25 things you're curious about and by curious all I really mean is if you had a spare weekend you'd be interested in reading a couple books on the topic and maybe having a conversation or two with an expert The most important part here is to be absolutely specific as possible. In other words, don't be interested in football or punk rock or food. These categories are way too vague to be useful. Instead, be interested in the pass-blocking mechanics required to play left tackle, the evolution of political punk from crass to rise against, or the potential for grasshoppers to become a primary human food source in the next five years. All of those things, uh, and this is me breaking from it, all of those things are very specific, and that's really the most important part is finding something niche down that you're interested about to like what would you go want to learn about uh, so step two hunt for intersections and this is probably one of my favorite uh, pieces of this writing that he that he put together uh, look for places where these 25 25 ideas that you've written down intersect so and to go back to his piece take the example above say grasshoppers are both food say both grasshoppers as food and the mechanics of playing left tackler on your list well if you're into plat's blocking mechanics you're probably also interested in the nutritional requirements required to play left tackle most effectively insects are exceptionally high in protein would they make good football food the point here is simple curiosity alone is not enough to create true pra- true passion There's just not enough energy there, not enough focus or commitment. Instead, you want to look for the places where three or four items on your curiosity list intersect. If you can spot the overlap between multiple items on your list, well, now you're cooking. There's energy there. Why? It's neurobiology. When multiple curiosity streams intersect, you create the necessary conditions for pattern recognition, which is the linking of ideas together. Humans love pattern recognition. Whenever we recognize a pattern, the brain releases a tiny squirt of the neurochemical dopamine, and for cultivating passion, this is a very big deal. Dopamine serves a ton of different functions in the brain, but for this discussion, three are critical. First, dopamine is a focusing chemical it helps us pay more attention to the task at hand obviously this enhances learning and drives progress and both are key to cultivating passion secondly dopamine tunes signals to noise ratios in the brain which is a fancy way of saying it helps us detect more patterns meaning there's a feedback loop here we get dopamine when we first detect a link between two ideas and the dopamine that we get helps us detect even more links This is why creative ideas tend to spiral. One good idea leads to the next and the next and the next. Lastly, dopamine is a feel-good drug. It's one of the brain's principal reward chemicals and is extremely addictive. The addiction is key to passion. The more dopamine you get, the more addictive the experience. The more addictive the experience, the more you can't wait to do it again. Now I'm going to break here because this is the end of the second section. There's a lot of talk about dopamine here, and there's a lot of ways that dopamine are spoken about negatively in the world right now. A lot of it has to do with the negative effects of the addiction caused by dopamine hits from social media, from destructive habits, because dopamine is your reward system, as he mentioned. So if it's something that makes you feel good, dopamine hits, you're going to chase that again and again. It's important to pursue something constructive with that. So then the thing that you're becoming addicted to, and I don't even actually like the word addicted because addiction can turn unhealthy, even if it's channeled towards a good thing. Uh, so this is maybe where he and I disagree a little bit, uh, but the thing that you want to continue to pursue is, a con- is constructive in nature, not something that is destructive in nature. So I'll wrap up a couple of these last ones a little bit shorter because I wanted to elaborate more on that second piece uh, on the intersections because that's a super important part. Step three is to play. Step four is to go public. And step five is turning that passion into purpose. So you can see the evolution of these steps. Once you've essentially found these intersections, say you've got three or four things on this list that all sort of bleed together now you're interested now you're gonna start absorbing things Uh, maybe it's materials maybe it's books maybe you're listening to podcasts on the subject you're watching YouTube videos you're getting real world experience in this thing you're beginning to figure out if it's actually something that you're gonna be creating some structural framework to Uh, things that are gonna help you come back to this later and build on these things uh, that you've already created and then the fourth one go public is really what is going to be difficult for a lot of people, uh, because that involves the putting yourself out there and connecting and putting that idea out that you're pursuing this thing, but. There's a lot of great ways to do this. You can join Facebook groups. You can, uh, you know, start a join a meetup if there's something if it's a local thing. uh, You know, find something that you really enjoy doing. Find other people that are doing that thing, and then go hang out with those people. You're going to learn. You're going to connect with other people that are pursuing what you are, and that's just going to build more community. It's very similar to what we're doing in the Nomad Tribe. All of us are pursuing health, strength, uh, making better versions of ourselves, and we're all doing it together. And so there's lots of ways to do this and the reason you want to take it public is you want to enter the conversation with ideas of your own and something to say because you want to be able to contribute to the tribe right Uh, being able to contribute solidifies your place as something where you're here to learn but you're also here to share and then the fifth step turning passion into purpose uh, that's really that final step so to To wrap it up i'm going to read just a section back from uh his his piece here in step five and i lost my place excuse me here it is thus it's critical to turn passion into purpose that's both how you build your business around your passion and how you guard against being swallowed whole by your new love here's how it works get another piece of paper take up your pen again now write down a list of 15 massive problems you would love to see solved And by massive, I mean something everyone has to deal with. Another of the points made in his book titled Bold is that the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities. Now look for places where your passion intersects with a grand global challenge, a place where your passion is a solution to some giant problem. That linkage is your purpose. Suddenly, you're looking at both a golden business opportunity and a way to use your newfound passion to do some real good in the world. And that's where he ends. That's where I'm going to end this snippet. Um, Again, I'm going to post this whole thing in the show notes. But really, uh, I wanted to end there because this stemmed from a conversation we had in a tribe coaching call just recently, talking about side hustles and and business ideas. And you know, like I said, we're there for strength and health, and we're training, and we're doing all these things for our bodies. But you know, we're there to grow as people. And a lot of the guys have side businesses. And so we got into a conversation the other night talking about, well, how do I know when to take this to the next level? How do know uh, what I need to do to this business if I want to make it my actual leave my job and pursue this type of a situation and so I was reminded of this uh, snippet by Stephen Kotler and I thought it was a perfect opportunity to dive into a little bit more because it was directly what we were talking about uh, in our coaching call recently and um, there's a lot of ways that you can turn something that you enjoy into a business Uh, whether it be just something that you want to keep as a side business just to make a little extra cash, or maybe you're tired of working the job and you want to pursue this thing that you absolutely love and make it what you are pursuing for a career. And uh, I thought this was just such a brilliant outline. I wanted to share how he did this. Again, I'm going to post this link in the show notes so you guys can read this whole thing. Um, But I just wanted to go over this because, again, it was topical it was something we just talked about recently and is super valuable i've i've read this I can't even tell you how many times just because i take something different away from it every time and i i use these five steps the you know every time i'm feeling a little down which is an entrepreneur business owner whatever you want to call it you're gonna have some just emotional roller coasters and that's just the nature of the beast and uh so anytime i'm feeling in those low moments i i do things like go back through this list and i make those lists that he talks about and find out what it is I'm, i need to pursue a little bit more within my business So I hope you guys got a little bit out of this. It was a little bit different of a way that we did this one today, but uh, it was fun nonetheless for me. I'm glad I got to share this. So if you haven't done so already and you want to be on the newsletter list, go to nomad-strength.com, sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested about joining the tribe, it's 15 bucks a month to join. Uh, If you want to just like eat two less burritos a month and instead join this group and make you a lot healthier and better and connect with a lot of rad people, I would suggest you do that. So if you want to do that, going go to tribe.nomad-strength.com and uh, go check it out and see if it's something you want to be a part of. So that's it for this one. We'll catch you guys on Monday with the next solo show. <laughs>